Hi, welcome back to Legal Cut Pro, the Canadian entertainment law podcast. My name is Greg Pang. And I'm Michelle Molyneux. For today's podcast, we're going to talk about force majeure and contract frustration. Mm-hmm. And I take it there are a lot of frustrated people, well, over these last few weeks of the craziness going on with the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. How have you been holding up, Michelle? Life is frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> Everything just seems so much harder and so much more exhausting. And yeah, I I hope this is over soon, but I don't know that it will be. <laughs> yeah, I think we just have to hang in there. You're sheltering in place and safe? Yes. Yeah. I've been, I've been isolating pretty hardcore for several weeks now. So yeah, yeah. same here. I've been pretty much full-time work at home basis since the schools got shut down here in Alberta. Mm-hmm. And so my, my, uh, my eight-year-old is home now and uh, my wife is home uh, full-time now. So, uh, but I'm finding that I'm slowly getting used to working from home. I, I usually don't like working from home and I'm slowly getting my productive productivity up, but it's, it's difficult. There's a lot of distractions when you're at home. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a different, different environment working from home. I, I like it because I like working in comfy clothes and having access to snacks. <laughs> and See, that, work, could, that could be good. Yeah. That could be a good and bad, right? Cause I, I was true. like, I, I usually don't have many snacks at the office. I have fruit, but at home I got like cookies and chips and all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff. And I could just keep <laughs> eating them. <laughs> It's true. It's true. That is a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, I could gain some weight, <laughs> but we're here not to talk about our diets during self-isolation. We are here to talk about a legal issue that is very relevant during these times. Definitely. But before we get to that, let's give our sponsors a shout out. I wish cookie companies sponsored us. Oh yes. We should do that. We should reach out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We do have several other awesome sponsors though. And the first one is This podcast is brought to you by Ampia, Alberta Medium Production Industries Association, and its professional development team. Special thanks to Jane Toogood, our audio editor. You can find her on Instagram at JJ underscore Toogood. And just a note about Ampia. Ampia holds its annual Alberta Film and Television Awards, or otherwise known as the Rosies, every year. Uh, It was supposed to be scheduled for May, but of course, with everything happening, it's now being postponed till to September 12th. You can visit ampia.org, A-M-P-I-A.org for more information on that. As well, this episode is supported by our friends at the Canadian Film Centre. CFC is a not-for-profit cultural organization for the development and advancement of Canadian creative and entrepreneurial talent in the screen-based industries. For more information, please visit cfccreates.com. That's cfccreates.com. Awesome. Thank you, Rig. So today we are going to talk about what happens when crap hits the fan. <laughs> exactly. Well said, Michelle. So force majeure and frustration of contracts, two different but related doctrines. And we're talking about this because when something crazy and unforeseeable hits like this pandemic, you might need to get out of a contract. The first thing we're going to talk about are force majeure clauses. What are they? How we should look at them? This has become important, both force majeure and frustration, because of how hard the film industry, and uh, I think almost every industry around the world has been hit hard by this pandemic, but the film industry has been hit very hard. 
And with the increasing restrictions by the various levels of government on uh, essential businesses that are allowed to operate and the size of gatherings, it's essentially made the film industry grind to a halt. Definitely. So at this point, almost all events and all productions have either been postponed, canceled, or paused in the film industry. Uh, Greg, do you want to share with us what some of those events have been? Yes, and we've already mentioned uh, that here in Alberta, the Rosies have been postponed to September, and hopefully they're able to still hold that, and that will be uh, held in Calgary on September 12th. And just looking down the list here, there's a we'll provide the playbackonline.ca link in the show notes. I think you need a subscription to access this, but I'll just look at some of these like productions that have been suspended that you might be familiar with. Blood and Water, Winona Earp, Riverdale, a couple of productions that have been postponed that were uh, slated to commence or departure. And the next one, <laughs> fine. It's, it's called Lady Dicks. Oh, interesting. <laughs> have, have you heard of that one? No. Uh, Mer- Meredith McNeil and uh, Adrienne Moore. Uh, oh, this cool. is a, a Meredith McNeil. She is uh, part of that uh, troupe that, oh, why do I forget what it's called? They have such an awesome show. It's on uh, CBC Gem and on Netflix. Uh, mm-hmm. Her and uh, I think three other ladies, they have mm-hmm. this sketch comedy show. And for some reason, it's just escaping my thoughts. <laughs> escaping my memory right now, but it is so funny. And I'm looking forward to seeing her in Lady Dicks. Uh, apparently, it's about um, it's a buddy cop drama about detectives. And yeah, we'll see what's going to go on with that one. But that production has been postponed. And in terms of events, we have a whole slate of events that have been canceled. Um, The CSAs, the Canadian Screen Awards, were canceled. A whole bunch of other award shows were either postponed or canceled. Including one of my favorites is the Banff Media Festival that was supposed Mm -hmm. to happen in June. And that has not been postponed. That has been outright canceled by uh, Brunico, the, uh, the company that uh, runs the uh, Banff Media Festival. So unfortunately, we do not have a Banff this year for the first time, I think, since its inception. Oh, that's too bad. And when things like productions and events get canceled because of something like a pandemic, the question that might arise is whether or not you can get out of or suspend your contractual obligations. And the first thing we have to, we're going to look at is, well, the first thing that you should look at when this question comes up is, do you have the right under that contract to unilaterally terminate that contract? Okay, so that's number one. Number two is that if you don't have a right to unilaterally terminate the contract without you know, uh, penalty or being uh, responsible for liquidated damages, then you can look at whether or not there's a force majeure clause. When you look at that force majeure clause, will it allow you to suspend or terminate the contract because of what is happening? If you don't have that, then maybe the contract is frustrated, maybe. And we'll look at what the legal test for that is. And alternatively, finally, and even perhaps even concurrently with some of these, you might be able to come to agreement with the other party to suspend or terminate the contract itself. Lots of heavy contracts out yes. here. <laughs> so I suppose we'll probably start then. We'll define and explain what is force majeure anyway. Something you often hear about in a contract, but I don't know if anybody ever pays attention because usually it never happens. So mm-hmm. force majeure is a contractual term. It can operate to vary, suspend, or terminate a contract. 
A force majeure can suspend or it can relieve a party of the party's obligations. And a force majeure is usually triggered by some kind of unforeseen event beyond the reasonable control of that party. And hence, the very literal meaning of force majeure uh, is a French term uh, for, um, I think, superior force, I believe. Hmm. Is that right, Michelle? You have some, you have some French, oui. right? No, I don't know enough French to know. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, force majeure. Um, <laughs> so when dealing with force majeure cla uh, cl classes, clauses, we need to look at first, assuming that you have a force majeure clause, is what is defined as an event of force majeure in that provision in your contract. So it's generally something that is, as you said, Michelle, of course, that's unforeseeable or beyond control of the parties, such as, and this might be familiar for some of you looking at uh, from the uh, contracts you call acts of God, you know, such as storms, hurricanes, tornadoes, war, terrorism, strike, government law or action, sabotage, et cetera, et cetera. But usually what I found when I review force measure clauses is that it doesn't include pandemic, hmm. right? It, I've seen epidemic, but I haven't seen pandemic. Hmm. And why this is important in looking at what constitute or what is an event of force majeure in that contract is because traditionally courts have viewed force majeure or they've interpreted them strictly as in we're not going to extend this beyond what is defined in the contract as force majeure and we're going to contain it to that so so this event that you're trying to rely on that you're saying is a force majeure event better be allowed or better be defined as such in the force measure clause in that contract that's being litigated. So once we look at what is a force majeure as per the contract or event of force majeure, then we have to look at, okay, so what are the consequences? And usually this allows one of the parties that is affected by the force majeure event to suspend or in part or in whole its obligations and sometimes allow for the contract itself to be terminated. And then we have to look at notice requirements and, and how to confirm the how long it lasts and when it the force majeure event ends and so on so on. <laughs> I should you know what Michelle I should I should end all my uh, legal education um, with and so on so on especially in my class that I teach. Yeah. Yeah 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 and this and so on so on. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's continue. That's about what it's like with law. <laughs> I've also seen wording government regulation or order in a national emergency, but not specifically pandemic either. I think that what uh, you can mount a good argument that government regulation or order or in a national emergency, as you mentioned, it doesn't say pandemic, but that's what's happening. Oh, right? That's true. That would make sense. Yeah. I thought it was curious because the different provinces have enacted different levels of that's regulations. Right, yeah. And so I was confused as to maybe you know, and I don't think there hasn't been, there've been certain emergency provisions by the federal government, but I don't think they've enacted the, the big statute. Uh, I forget what the name of it is now, but um, it, it was previously, I believe the War Measures Act and Oh God! Oh, no. It's something else now. But. <laughs> I think we're. I think we all get scared if the the War Measures Act yeah. is brought up. I think we're, we're all. That's that's martial law in Canada. Yeah, right? so so. I wasn't sure if that's kind of what they mean by is that a situation that's a national emergency? Like, does it have to meet that threshold or? 
that's a good question. And, and we'd have to um, go deeper into uh, take a deeper dive into case law uh, about that. And I'm not sure we have that kind of precedent because we have public health emergencies that have been declared. Mm. We have government regulations that have shut down many essential businesses and restricted gatherings. So we can rely on that. Mm. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, like outright martial law, but uh, yeah, it, it, these are really good questions, and and we'd have to like again, maybe they take a deeper dive into case law, or, or maybe there will be case law coming out of all. Yeah, of this. that would be very curious, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to frustration. What if you don't have a force majeure clause? You, know, you might be able to rely on the doctrine of frustration of contracts. And the legal test in Canada, the leading case that we have in Canada for this is called Naylor Group Inc. and Ellis Dawn Construction Limited. This is a Supreme Court of Canada case that was rendered in 2001. I will provide a link to that decision. But the legal test is that frustration occurs when a situation has arisen for which the parties made no provision in the contract and performance of the contract becomes, quote, a thing radically different from that which was undertaken by the contract. And if you can rely on successfully rely on frustration contracts, the remedy usually is outright termination of contract. So, yeah, so the difference is, and that leads us to the differences, is that the bar is much higher than the test for force majeure. And because force majeure, usually you have all these defined events of force majeure, and you can rely on that if that event that you're relying on easily fits into one of those boxes, those definitions of uh, events of force majeure, where you can run into trouble, um, or not trouble, but where it could be could lead down to perhaps some litigation is when, like in the DGC standard agreement, when you have something where you have a catch-all at the end or such other cause re- beyond the reasonable control of the producer. So that's where, okay, so what's, what's that such other cause and is it actually beyond the reasonable control of the producer? So here for frustration, you have a high bar. It has to be something that is unforeseeable and has to be beyond the control of the parties and has to have that element where the performance of the contract then has to be quote unquote radically different due to the frustrating event. In terms of what constitutes a frustrating act, we have to look at the contract itself. So what was promised? What, what were the obligations? What was promised? And what case law tells us, and without going into deep dive in case law, is that normal impracticality of performance is not frustration in itself. So normal impracticality in itself is not frustration. It's not just because something's become more expensive or maybe it's harder or, or it knocks down your profit margin. That itself is not a frustrating event, case law tells us. And then we look at whether the object of the contract is actually still intact. Okay, can the performance be, be done? You know, and whether performance, even if you can perform it, has any meaning at all after the frustrating event. The event itself, as I mentioned earlier, it cannot be foreseeable and it can't be self-induced. So here, if you, to get all your contractual obligations, you decided to start the pandemic, <laughs> then, then that would be, that would be self-induced cool frustration. Not what it would be. <laughs> No, no, not not cool. Criminal. Yeah, don't start pandemics. <laughs> right? Yeah, don't don't willingly start a pandemic. Speaking of that, of which, can this pandemic, COVID nineteen, be a frustrating act? Well, it possibly. I think there's a good argument, and it. But it depends on the situation. Depends on the contract. For example, if we are in production and all of a sudden the government restricts gatherings to no more than five people, then you can't have a crew. Mm-hmm. 
right? So it's radically different because you can't shoot this with a crew of, you know, if you're doing a, um, a scripted production, then you can't shoot this with a crew of five, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you have, you know, three of the people you have on set are, are your actors and you know, it, it's just not possible. So it's something I think it's arguably that it, the performance of that contract because of the gathering restricted to five or fewer renders the performance. You'd be able to shoot this film is, is radically different from what was contemplated because what was contemplated is that you're able to shoot with a reasonable crew, uh, number of crew, mm-hmm. right? So, so yeah, I think there's a good argument there. Um, so maybe the pandemic itself or what's come because of the pandemic, because of the government law or regulation or action that is frustrating the contract in itself. So we don't have, I tried to look at some case law that might, uh, there, there is a plenty of case law about frustrated contract, but nothing quite on point, at least in Canada, mm-hmm. in terms of like in something like a pandemic affecting us. So we might have some of this case law that, uh, that we'll see in a couple years or so, uh, you know, because, you know, court systems goes very slow and, you know, 80, 90% of disputes are settled before they actually go to you know, trial and, and a decision is rendered by a court. But we might have some precedent going forward and it'd be interesting to have a look at those. Definitely unprecedented times. <laughs> So one other thing we should mention is there is some legislation out there related to frustration. And in Alberta, the legislation is called the Frustrated Contracts Act. And there is similar legislation in other provinces. While this legislation doesn't exactly give us a definition or a test for frustration, if frustration is found by a court, the legislation gives the parties the ability to ask the court for certain remedies. So it's just something to be aware of. We're not going to go into big detail on the pod, but if you would uh, like to check it out or you're interested, you can check out the link in our show notes. So quick takeaway from today's podcast is basically that in the past, force majeure clauses might have just seemed like legalese. What is this part of the contract? Who cares? However, This pandemic teaches us that force majeure can be all too relevant. And yes, there could be a second wave of COVID-19 this fall. Oh, please, I hope not. Uh, Or there could be other pandemics in the future. So this is an important part of contracts to consider. In general, as always, consult your lawyer. Consult them to review your standard contracts and deal memos and see if you have force majeure clauses included in them. And if not, it might be worth considering adding them to your agreements And make sure that, among other things, you either have pandemic and or government law or action covered as a possible force majeure clause. Thank you, Michelle. And as well, before you sign other contracts going forward, perhaps with your broadcaster, funders, distributors, etc., you want to review them on advice from your lawyer. And if it's not present, again, on advice from your lawyer to negotiate in a force majeure clause or review the current force majeure clause to make sure that it covers as an event of force majeure, something like crazy, like what's happening right now with the pandemic going on. So that that is something that is, um, it's just something is it's on everyone's minds is that what if this happens again, and it might well happen again, unfortunately. And we want to make sure that we allocate that risk accordingly. But if, if there is, no force majeure clause in, in your current contract, you you might not be hooped. Like I mentioned, you might be, depending on the contract, you might be unilaterally entitled to terminate it. You have to review your contract. You might be able to invoke the doctrine of frustration, which is a high bar to meet, as I mentioned. Or you can simply talk to 
the other party and maybe you can negotiate a suspension or a termination of the contract because everyone's going through the same thing right now, right? So it's not just one industry. It's not just one country. This is like a global thing. So I think I'm hoping that there will be a lot of understanding uh, between uh, contractual parties that look, okay, so we understand, yeah, there's no force majeure provision here. Let's come to an agreement because we're all suffering here Mm -hmm. and we cannot perform this contract during this pandemic. Nope, because we're all at home eating cookies. <laughs> yes, cookies and chips. Oh, yes. I ran out of Doritos. You know oh. what? Speaking of snack, oh man, I need more Doritos. You have to get a delivery. I need, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need. No, you know what else I need? I need Hawkins cheesies. We ran it over Hawkins cheesies. Oh, that's always a sad moment. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Do, do you like Hawkins cheesies? I do. I do. Those are the ones in like the red and clear bag or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, and did you know that that's a very Canadian thing, Hawkins cheesies? Really? I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. I think they're made in a town called Hawkins, but I, no I'm way. not actually sure. Yeah. Now I'm so, craving uh, them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Too. I don't have any either. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, maybe, maybe I'll make an order of them and I'll send them. Send Thank, them you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Well, I think that uh, wraps it us. Oh, right, wraps it up. <laughs> wraps it up for us for this podcast episode definitely thank you so much for listening please feel free to leave us feedback and rate us on itunes and apple podcasts and where can people find us they can find you at greg at legalcutpro.com or on twitter at psychlaw and you can find me michelle at legalcutpro.com or on instagram at michelle molyneux thank you michelle so everyone before we sign off stay safe self-isolate And don't touch your face. And enjoy your snacks. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Legal Cut Pro has been produced by Greg Pang and Michelle Molyneux. Excerpts of Just Say Go, Dr. Octavo, Mendicity, mixed courtesy of Dr. Octavo and Michelle Molyneux. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated on it is to be construed as legal advice. The views expressed by the hosts of Legal Cut Pro and any guests are their own and do not represent the opinions of any organization or other person unless otherwise stated. Intro sound clip film projector countdown has been truncated from its original form and is copyright 2013 Ivan Gabovich used under Creative Commons BY3 license. Outro sound clip film projector reel runs out by Stefan021 is used under Creative Commons CC01.0 license. This podcast is copyrighted Red Frame Law and is licensed to you under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial CC BYNC 4.0 license. For details of that license, visit creativecommons.org.